All right, turn to Ezekiel 34. And if you're taking notes, if anybody does that anymore. I. We literally I. all do that. <laughs> Every single one of us does that. This one is going to be titled, Sheep Need a Shepherd. Can you say it one more time? You kind of broke up on my end. Well, yeah, me too. Uh, not me. Um, sheep need... <laughs> Sheep need a shepherd. Okay, thanks. Where is Ezekiel? Like in Old Testament. Right after Isaiah, kind of. Isaiah, Jeremiah. You said 34? 34. Between Lamentations and Lamentations, yeah. But. Thank you, Jaden. Ezekiel 34, and I just want to read verse 23. Okay? In heaven. Okay. Let's go verse 20. I like that more. So Ezekiel 34, verse 20. Everybody there? Yes. Cool. Um, this might, I'm going to try not to ramble, but it's something that I actually really like. Uh, to talk about. So if I do lose you, please interrupt me. Okay. Okay, Lex. Yeah, I will. Okay, yeah, Lex. Roger. Yeah, I will. No problem, guys. Thank you. All right. So Ezekiel 34 and verse 20, it reads, therefore, thus says the Lord God to them. Okay. So set the scene. This, who's Ezekiel? Ezekiel was the, the tax collector that uh, went up the tree. That's correct? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Oh. Tried. Okay. He's a prophet. Yes, that's all I was looking for. He's a prophet. All right. So this is huge because he starts off, therefore, this is what the Lord says to you. Okay. Then he continues, behold, I, I myself will judge. This is not Ezekiel saying this. Do you understand this? Right, I know it kind of sounds weird and reads weird, but this is the, actually the Lord speaking. <coughs> I always, I always struggled with that uh, in my early years of reading the Word. It's like, wow, how can I, how can Ezekiel do all this? But no, this is the Lord speaking through Ezekiel. Okay, cool. So therefore, thus says the Lord God to them: Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you push because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad verse 22 i will rescue my flock they shall no longer be a prey and i will judge between sheep and sheep <laughs> isn't that crazy all right whatever all right verse 23 and i will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. 
and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, and I have spoken. Okay, so what's happening here is Ezekiel is a what? Prophet. Exactly, so prophets do what? Prophesy. Prophesy. Yes, they do. They sure do. All right, I know. We're keeping it really, really simple tonight. So he is prophesying of what? Are you guys capturing what he's actually saying here? That all in those last couple of verses, what is he actually prophesying? I just read it to you, so you should know right away. You don't need to know the utmost depth, but what is he saying? I can't hear you, Ashton. You're muted. Jesus. Okay. Jesus as what? The shepherd. As a shepherd, right? He's saying that he's going to come and judge sheep and sheep. Yes? The fat sheep and the lean sheep. <laughs> really, really interesting. Okay. Um, so he's going to, there's two types of sheep, a fat sheep and a lean sheep. And then this shepherd is coming to judge the sheeps. Yes? The sheepies. All right. And then from there, he's also declaring that they, their nest, their, uh, their need for a shepherd. Okay. So let's fast forward. Let's go to John 10. Okay. John 10 verse one. And yes, I know that I'm not in Matthew 5 tonight, but I am still reading red text, and I am holding true to that. So go to John 10. We'll be in verse 1. This is one of the most revolutionary things Jesus has ever said. And yes, I will say that towards everything that he says. Everybody there? Yep. Okay. John 10, verse 1. I'm just going to kind of read um, a little bit of this, and then we'll move, we'll move on, okay? So it, it reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but, clum but climbs in another way, that person is a thief and a robber. Okay? But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And then verse four, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they'll flee from him, for they don't know the voice of strangers. Okay? This is cool, yes? Yeah. There's a lot packed into this, and there's a lot that Jesus is communicating here. Okay? We will read on. I want to get through all of, all, all uh, get to through uh, 21 verses tonight, okay? That's my goal. All right? So, bear with me. So, Let's kind of start from the top. I want to kind of digest this verse by verse, okay? Is that cool tonight? Yep. We the long haul tonight? Yep. We awake? Are the hamsters running in those little 
Heads of yours, are we good? Yeah. So verse one says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a robber. Anybody know what a sheepfold is? No? That's okay. Because you probably have never dealt with them because you're a suburban kid. Yes? It's a place where you take a sheep in and you fold them in half. I'm just I'm like, what the heck? That's how you get sheets. <laughs> yes. They are actually just sheeps. Hence the name sheets. Anyway. Sheets are sheets. Okay. So a sheepfold, sheep would actually know to go to these folds, to these places when there was inclement weather coming in, thieves, or predators coming. You know, like wild animals coming to bite their throat and kill them. Yes? Okay. So these sheepfolds is where sheep would literally run when they thought a weather, when they thought weather was coming in. They would literally run and retreat to these areas when they thought prey was or predators were coming. Sorry. And they would literally run to these places when they were about to get stolen. Okay. Fascinating. Yes. Yeah. That a really stupid animal. Yes. And I'm saying that because it's going to illustrate exactly what this is talking about perfectly. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? A really stupid animal knows exactly where to go when it needs safety, when it needs comfort, when it needs a covering. Okay. Are you with me? Yeah. So what these sheepfolds would actually look like were they came in kind of different ways. They were either a cave, right? A shed or some kind of like what maybe you've heard of is like a pasture that is fenced in or has a wall around it. Okay. That's actually covered where something couldn't get into it. Right. Okay, so they would retreat into these. Maybe you've driven past them on like, I don't know, um, I don't know, Delbert Road, maybe, all right? You've driven past these places that are actually fenced in so that nothing can get in and attack, right? Um, so this is the cool part, all right? So let's read verse one again with that backdrop so that now we can fully understand it, yes? So verse one says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold enter these safety places by the door, which is the proper entry point, but climbs in through another way, is a person who is a thief and a robber. Okay? So what's this saying? It's actually really, really fascinating what this is saying. And I know this is going to be really simple, so there's not going to be any mind-blowing truths that I'm going to throw at you tonight, all right? So just get ready for a simple, simple conversation about our Lord and Savior. Okay? We cool with that? Yeah. Great. Because that's what you're getting tonight. Okay? So what, what this is saying is there's one way to enter into the sheepfold. Yeah. If you try to go any other way, you're cheating. You're a robber. You're a thief. And you're not playing by the rules. Okay? 
So that's verse one. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. That's how we're going to leave verse one. Now let's look at verse two to add even more of a meaning to it. Ready? Okay. Verse two, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay. So this is interesting. Yes. So if you actually, if you go into the sheepfold properly, then you're the shepherd. Is that what this is saying? Somebody? I almost want to say that we're the sheep. Okay. I agree. I almost want to say that it's Jesus, but I know the scripture, so I'll be quiet. Well, that's why I'm asking for everybody to speak up. If you know it, then tell me. Uh, Jesus says that he's the good shepherd and that he is also the door itself. Great. Okay. So this is huge. What this is saying in verse two is the man who enters the, through the door is the shepherd. That What this is saying is back in that day, these sheepfolds, yes, they were still in danger even in the sheepfold. These sheep could retreat to these places, but all right. A whole bunch of sheep just entered into one door, and guess what? That coyote just saw <laughs> and now knows how to enter into the sheepfold, right? Yeah. Which is fascinating because it brings to light this whole demonstration of the, the, that he will be a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? We've yeah. heard that scripture before, yes? Right? Where you, as the sheep can be demonstrated as a wolf in sheep's clothing in sorry you can be demonstrated as a wolf in sheep's clothing entering into the sheepfold right but meanwhile a wolf can't help himself but eat the sheep but ruin everything that's in that place does this make sense okay let me add another layer to it so what is happening is all the sheep would go in, the shepherd would hear all of this, and then the shepherd would say, okay, now I go in after all of my flock is in there. And the shepherd would actually find himself more often than not sleeping at the crossway of the door. He would sleep across so that if anything kind of came into that place, he would be the one fighting it off, right? Are you with me? Mm -hmm. That's why it was so cool that David exemplified this when he was fighting off all of the wolves and all of these, all of these things in the, um, in, in the Old Testament, right? David would fight off all of these things to protect what? His flock, okay? And like it said in Ezekiel, remember? Who was being prophesied about in Ezekiel? David. David directly, correct? Yeah. Now we're reading something that's in red that Jesus is saying. Right? Are you guys with me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. This is this is gonna get this is fun. I, I love this topic for okay. So whatever. Verse three. To him, the gatekeeper opens. Hear his voice, 
and he calls his own sheep by their names and leads them out. Okay, so a lot of people interpret this piece of scripture as, okay, when I'm in trouble, I run to the sheepfold. Or when I'm in trouble, I run to that, she- that, that sacred place and then Jesus covers me. <laughs> but then they didn't finish reading verse 3. Okay, because verse 3 says, cool, I'm glad that we were at that place, but then he's actually leading us out. Did you hear me? Yeah. I'm glad that we found safety and refuge and comfort in Jesus, but then guess what? He leads us out. And how does he lead us out? Only by us knowing his voice. You guys with me? No? Yes. Remember, I don't I don't react with just head bobbing and nodding. I react with verbals, yes? Yes. Cool. <clears throat> so this is important. Do you see what's happening here? Verse 3 explicitly says, To him the gatekeeper opens the sheep, then hear his voice, and then he leads them out. So, point one, you're doing it wrong if you're just always in the safety and comfort of the sheepfold. Yeah. This is so, so important. Some of us call a sheepfold a church. Some of us call a sheepfold a on top of a mountain. Some of us call the sheepfold all these different things, but we're actually missing the point because a sheepfold is just for a time. Yes? Yeah. Yes. And then he calls them by their voice or by their name, by his voice, and leads them out. Because what happens if a sheep is just in a cave and isn't moving for a long period of time. What do you think? It'll lose all its muscle. What? It'll lose all of its muscle. Lose all of its muscle? Great. Eventually die. Let's focus on losing all the muscle for a second. It'll be skinny. Which is a foreshadowing of what, Blake? I I want to say it's like the the getting lean, but I don't know that like I don't really know what lean means. Like I know it's normally, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But this is fascinating. When a sheep is stuck in a cave for a long period of time, it has no use for its muscle. Yeah. Which has no which it means like guys group if you know, I mean looking at Ephesians 6, what does it say? What did we talk about last week? Or this week? What's Ephesians 6 say? Being strong in the Lord and strengthened in his might. Yes? Okay. So that is not, that is not talking about staying in the sheepfold, correct? Yeah. That's not being strong in the Lord. That's becoming weak in the Lord. You understand me? Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is fascinating. Yes. So one first point Blake brought up is, a sheep will get skinny and lose its muscle, okay? Which means it completely loses its reliance on the Lord. Yeah. Loses its reliance on the shepherd. Does this make sense? I know it's kind of backwards thinking of like, well, it should be 
it should be lean because then it can fully trust and fully submit to the Lord. Well, no. Why? Because it's no longer the sheep who lives. It's the <laughs> it's Christ who lives within the sheep, right? If I, if, if I know that sounds weird, but it's no longer I who live as the sheep, but Christ who lives through me. So therefore I should be strengthened, right? If I were to stay in a sheepfold, I become weak, right? Does this make sense? Yeah. Okay, what else happens to a sheep when it is locked in a sheepfold? More exclusively, a sheepfold looking like a shed or a cave. Well, it becomes like, becomes dirty, I guess, uh, like infect, infested because of like... I don't know, it's, you're doing everything in one spot. You're never clean. I missed what you said. Something. You're never cleaning yourself. Become infected? Yeah, become infected and you never clean yourself. What happens when a lot of sheep and a lot of people are crammed into one place? Disease forms. Yeah. Yes? And it gets yeah. really nasty. Okay. Great, great point. What else happens? Give me one more. I, I'm searching for one really, really important one. I was going to say hungry. Yes. Huge. What is that foreshadowing, Ash? And what's that talking about? Well, in my mind, it's like, um, you know, uh, Jesus is the bread of life. Yep. So, like, we need... You're just going to starve yourself if you stay. I don't know, just following Jesus. Like, if he goes out, you go out with him, and then you get fed by him and not the sheepfold, you know? Exactly. Great point, Ashton. Some of us envision the sheepfold as Jesus instead of the shepherd as Jesus. Sheep. Right? That's what Jesus is calling out right now. Hey, don't run to the sheepfold. What's the sheepfold? a church, a building, whatever it might be. Don't run to the sheepfold, but run to the shepherd, right? The sheepfold has no nourishment, right? The, 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 the seasons in my life where I've needed the most nourishment are the seasons when I haven't read my Bible, right? I've got nothing to chew on. I, 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 some people call it a dry season. Some people call it a, a, a thirsty season or whatever it might be. But what this means is I have been finding my, I've been looking for a shepherd in a sheepfold. Hmm. When I didn't listen to the voice of the shepherd when he was actually already out of the sheepfold. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Because this is really cool, right? The home is a sheepfold. I feel at refuge and at safety and, and comforted and all of those things at the home, right? But if I were to always stay at the home, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss the shepherd on my day-to-day -day and the leading out, right? I'm going to miss the shepherd at Walmart. I'm going to miss the shepherd leading me to the Air Force Academy. I'm going to miss all of these things. Do you get it? I'm going yeah. to miss... Shepherd, I really want you guys to hang on to this one line. Stop trying to find the shepherd as the sheepfold.
And then I kind of have to backpedal here, right? Not with what I said, but because th this scripture, the way Jesus talks in this piece of scripture kind of builds on top of itself. So to understand three on a whole nother level, I need to then understand verse two and one at the same time, right? So verse two, again, reads, um, uh, but he who enters the door, okay, well, sorry, we already talked about that. I need to look at verse one, all right? This robber and thief side of things. Yeah. Okay, this is profound, all right? So Jesus is declaring himself as the door. Right? As we just learned, the shepherd would lay prost or uh, lay down in front of the uh, in front of the sheepfold so that nobody would enter. And if somebody tried to enter, he would he would chop them, right? He would hit them with his stick kind of thing, right? Whatever it looked like. Okay. So what what this is meaning is hey, if I am a bad sheep. <laughs> This is going to sound silly. If I'm a bad sheep and I try to crawl through a window of this shed, I'm gaming the system. Why? Because I tried to rely on my own strength before I tried to rely on Jesus's strength. Right? This is why it's so, so important to find a sheepfold that points to the shepherd. Right? We all, there's plenty of sheepfolds, you know, there's plenty of them around. I mean, expect, I've been driving through Parker a ton lately. There's a lot of sheepfolds, a lot of those buildings laying around, right? And they're open one day a week. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, uh, you know, it's just bizarre that the shepherd only visits one day a week. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking with family tonight. It's cool. All right. So there's a ton of these sheepfolds all, all around, you know, and some that, you know, are, are different. So we all have different sheepfolds that we know where to run when things are looking a little spooky outside. Right. Cause that's what we do. We're sheep. Right. And it's funny that even such a stupid animal knows exactly where to run. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Um, we won't, I'm not getting there yet. I will. I will. Right. <laughs> So there's tons of these sheepfolds, and that's why it's so, so important to know what sheepfolds are actually where the shepherd is. Did you hear me? I know that's not a good, uh, it's not a good church growth 101 sermon that I'm preaching here. It's actually <laughs> church decline 101, if, uh, you know, but I'm cool with it. So this is so, so, so important. If I have a sheepfold, but there's no shepherd, I'm still in chaos. Right? Why? Because the shepherd is the most important part of the sheepfold. Then it's just a closed... <laughs> Think of this. We've all seen a scary movie, correct? No? We've all yes. seen scary movies? Yes? Okay. In these scary movies, they always go to the basement, right? Like, why do they go into the basement? Well, because, one, they see it as a sheepfold. Yes? I know this is going to be a silly illustration, but bear with me. They see it as a sheepfold. Meanwhile, there's no shepherd blocking the door. Does that make sense? Right? 
So we can have all sorts of these sheepfolds, but if there's, a sh if there's not a shepherd blocking the door, then we're still just as vulnerable and there's no place to escape. Make sense? With me? Yeah, I like that point a lot. Am I losing you guys or are we okay? We're good. Okay. Cool. Um, verse four, yes? Yes. Cool. When he has brought out all, all of his own, goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Okay, this is huge. So let's break this down. When he has brought out all of his own, hmm. all of his own, this is key words here, yes? What are the key words? His own, correct? Yeah. When he has led them out, then what happens? He goes before them. Hmm. What's this mean? He's making sure the coast is clear. Yeah. He goes before them, and guess what? Even the stupidest of animals follow that shepherd. Hmm. Why? They know his voice. They know his voice. They know that the shepherd has their best interest. Right? Be a really crappy shepherd if the shepherd always led the sheep into a place. Right? Worst shepherd ever. But they know because they know his voice and they know that he is going before them that everything's going to be fine. Right? This is cool, yes? Yeah. I think the huge part about this is that they know his voice. Mm. They know his voice. It's as if they're trained by his voice. That they find more comfort and refuge in his voice than a sheepfold. Mm. Right? Some of us are like, well, the sheepfold seems, seems safe. They can't see me. I'm out of sight. I'm out of mind. But actually, Jesus says, cool, we're in here. Everything's good. Now I'm going to lead you out. And I'm going to go before you. And you're going to know that because you know my voice. Mm. Does this make sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then verse 5, this is huge. This one makes me, you know, stay up a little bit at night. Because I want to make sure I'm not this guy. I want to not be this sheep. A stranger will not follow. Ugh. Right? A stranger will not follow, but will what? Flee from him. For they won't know the voice of a stranger. So there's kind of two things happening here. A sheep will not follow a stranger. Why? Because they know his voice. Right? This is huge. So if a stranger is saying, all right, time to come out of the sheepfold, we're feeling good, or maybe one of those sheep takes on the leadership role who's actually a wolf, 
takes on this leadership role and says, oh, we're good. We're good. Let's go out, right? Leading you into this pack of wolves. Then he like takes off the spooky suit like in uh, Scooby-Doo. And it's like, oh, man, kind of thing, right? All of these kinds of things. A stranger calls them and they say, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not my shepherd. Yeah. Right? This is huge. So that's the first front. The second front is from the sheep's perspective. Am I a smart enough sheep to know that that's not my shepherd's voice? Mm. Remember, even the stupidest of animals knows the true shepherd's voice, their shepherd's voice, right? It's fascinating because it's not like they're back in, in the olden times, there was only one shepherd for a flock of sheep, right? It's not like that was the case. There was tons of shepherds who had tons of, of the best interest in all sheep, right? Why? Because they profited the town. They helped the economy of the town kind of function at large, right? It's mm-hmm. fascinating because even if that, that original shepherd died, <laughs> right? Their shepherd, the sheep's shepherd dies, and then another shepherd tries to come in. What takes place there? They don't know the voice. He's a stranger. Yeah. And they take reserve. And they're like, are we sure we can trust this guy? Because I don't know that voice. He's got the same attire and the same kind of same kind of thing going on, you know, same kind of look going on. He's got the He's got the same height staff and all of these things. He kind of smells like us, but kind of not. But, you know, he kind of smells like us and all of these things. But meanwhile, the voice of the person is different. Right? It's a fascinating thing. Again, even the stupidest of animals knows their shepherd's voice. Is this making sense? Yeah. So where's this put us? I'm not done yet. We'll keep on going. But where's this put us? Right? Are we that aware of the shepherd's voice? Or is it just like, well, that kind of sounds like God. (laughs) That kind of looks like God. Kind of smells like him too. I've seen him work in that way before right? It's all things I've said to myself, all things that maybe you've said to yourself. But at the end of the day, is the, is the voice the most important part to me or is everything else the most important part to me? Mm. Right? Yeah. Me and Madison were challenged this week of, all right, we, we have a plan A, but then we continue to start creating a plan B right away. And then a plan C, and then a plan D. If, if, if plan A collapses, then here's our plan B right away, right? That's not how the Lord works. He's got his plan, period. Yeah. It's the plan. It's not an A plan. It's the plan, right? And he has his voice, not a voice, his voice, the voice, right? And it's his door, not just a door. It's he is the door. Does this make sense, Right. We can, I mean, we can justify all sorts of things in our lives of like, well, that seems like it's God, right? 
I heard it in one of those sheepfolds once, and man, it just seems right. See how dangerous this can be? Yeah. I heard it in a sheepfold once, and I just accepted it as truth because I liked the sheepfold. The other sheep in that fold kind of thought the way I did. The other sheep in that fold, that kind of looked the way I did. They kind of grew up the way I did. All of these things. Meanwhile, the shepherd has no part of the sheepfold. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. This is huge. This is a big word tonight, yes? I think this is very, very important that in the midst of it all, I don't really care what the sheepfold looks like. I care what the shepherd sounds like. Right? Because in my logic, <laughs> it doesn't sound very smart to run into a cave when a pack of wolves is coming after me. That means I'm doomed. Yeah. But if I'm listening to the voice of the shepherd, then that's the exact right thing to do. Because why? He is, he is going to be that door at, at, at the end. Right? Make sense? Yeah. Yes. All right. And then verse six. All right. Let's keep on cranking through this. All right. Verse six is funny. All right. It says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Oh, oops, right? Kind of thing. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. For they don't know my voice. Did you just oops the disciples? What? Oh, man, you're going to have to explain that one in heaven. <laughs> right? So then verse 7, let's keep on going. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, ready? I am the door of the sheep. And this is how I picture Jesus saying it, right? That kind of, <laughs> well, whatever. That's just how I, whatever. All right. So truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. This is cool, yes? Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I'm using this other screen as light, and it keeps on going off on me. finally feel that I'm kind of getting old. My prescription is not working as well as it used to. <laughs> well, it's probably a couple years old, so. I'll do it. Not good, man. Okay, so verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. Okay? Then verse 10 reads, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, we've heard that one before, yeah? Yeah. Love quoting that one. Oh, I hate the enemy, but I don't know the door. All right. All right. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have life abundantly. Okay. Let's pause for a second. This is cool. Yeah. So he is restating the exact same thing, right? I, I would love to re-preach it to you, but um, 
I think we understand it, yes? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this is crazy. He is calling the thief out for what he does, how he does it, and where he does it. Okay? Are you seeing all of those? Yeah. Yeah. The what he does, the thief comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. The how he does it is that he goes into the pasture and tries to take that, but Jesus is going in and out of the pasture and finding them new pasture to make sure that they can roam freely and do exactly what they're supposed to be doing, right? Make sense? Yeah. Okay, good. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Hmm. Period. I am the good shepherd. It's not just, I am the shepherd. But the good shepherd. Yeah. I super deep and super profound. But him stating that, not only is he saying what he's going to do, but how he's going to do it. What he's going to do is what is what he's going to do is be a good shepherd. How he's going to do it is being a good shepherd. Right? We're going to see these characteristics. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Bad, yes? Still a shepherd, yeah. but bad. <laughs> Correct? Right? Think of it this way. A horse can be used for good, and it can be used for evil. Correct? A horse can, you know, make you win competitions. Yippee. Or a horse can make you rob trains in the old videos. Right? Yes? Depends on who the shepherd is. Does this make sense? Yeah. Who the, the, the rider is, whatever the term is, okay? Does that make sense? He says, I am the good shepherd. Then he restates himself again. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Huge. Game-changing. Not only does he tell you that he is the good shepherd, but he tells you what the good shepherd does. He actually lays down his life for the sheep, right? In this sense, because of the audience that he was talking to, he understands <laughs> what the shepherd does with the sheepfold, where the shepherd would literally lay down his life to protect the flock. Meanwhile, some knew, some didn't know that Jesus was actually saying that he's going to lay down his life so that they will be saved. Yes? Yeah. Making sense so far? Yes. Yeah. Let me look for something. Where was it? I like the way the NSB put it. You just want me to read it? No. Okay. Thank you. That was one and only time I probably will ever offer to read. So there you go. <laughs> ah, it'll come to me later. All right, let's keep on going. Um, where are we? Oh, 12, yes? Yeah, 12. Okay. Oh, this is where it was. Great. Cool. All right. <laughs> he, <laughs> I love that. All right. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd 
who does not know or who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Okay, so this is, this is interesting. So a hired hand, right? Which I'm going to talk loosely again, all right? So forgive me in advance, especially if you don't know me. <laughs> a hired hand is a fascinating thing. Oh, how do I say this properly without really, really ruffling feathers? You're a family. I know. He who is a hired hand is not a shepherd. So what this comes down to is, especially when we're talking about the sheepfold thing, right? What's a hired hand, do you think, in a sheepfold? I would think a hired hand is somebody whose motive is more in it for what he can gain personally than actually with the sheep. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to take it a step further. A hired hand, yes, gets paid for attending to a flock. Yes, just like Jaden said. He gets paid for it. <laughs> this is huge. I'm just trying to orchestrate how I say it properly without being really bad. A shepherd doesn't. A shepherd understands his identity as a king already. A hired hand is trying to place themselves in a shepherdly role, but when things come about, he flees and runs, and it causes a lot of damage to the flock. Yeah. So in a sheepfold setting, I'll let you connect those dots of what that looks like. Right? Especially in a sheepfold that you find that maybe is called a church, a sheepfold that you find that is maybe called a, a mentorship program, whatever it might be, are they going to go before you and lead you out? Right? I'm sorry, I only know one shepherd who will actually do that for me. Right? I only know one. I don't know any others. Everybody else is a hired hand. Right? And yeah, I do agree, Jaden. There is probably a benefit for you personally, right? If you're a hired hand, right? If you are a hired hand, it's going to benefit you. And if things go, go south, you're fleeing and running and leaving the sheep, right? Some of us have been affected by this at the church, right? When things went south as a pastor or a leader, they jump ship. And what's that do? Scatters the flock. Scatters the flock. It hurts the flock. Some some of the flock even gets devoured by the by the wolves. Yeah. Right. It sucks. It's the way it is. I mean, that's what happened to my parents. Right. They got devoured by those wolves, and now it's like, man, freaking screw the church. Right. All of these things. My sister had felt the same thing. Right. A leader said, did some things, right? And then whoosh, it hit the fan, and now I'm out. Yeah. A mile. 
it took place as a shepherd in that person's life, which, hey, first fault. But anyways, <laughs> they took place as a shepherd, and then the gate was wide open. A wolf came right in, scattered the flock, hurt the flock, hurt the person, weakened the flock. Hey, weakened the church. Right? Does this make sense? You guys still with me? I'm not going to anybody tonight, okay? You can't just tune in and tune out on this one, all right? You got to stay focused with me. Comes and leaves, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Okay? Verse 13. This is huge. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Wow, what a heartbreaking thing, right? Not, not just because there's a vegan in this chat room and maybe <laughs> a little sensitive to animals getting, you know, tossed, tossed about like that, but also from a perspective of just the church, right? A hired hand has no care for the sheep. Holy crap. Right. I love leadership. I think leadership has its place. I really, really do. But when a leader tries to take place as a shepherd once or first thing whoops on that person and then whoops on you. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. If you say, I'm going to submit to a hired hand, I'm going to submit to a, a, a leader as my shepherd. You're, you're, you're way over your head. Right. And maybe you've even felt that way because it's probably happened to us, right? It happened to me when I was a young kid, you know, when I was like 15, 16, <laughs> I got screwed up because I was like, wow, this guy is the freaking hired hand of the Lord kind of thing, right? He's got, he's got his ear to the Lord. Meanwhile, he was freaking more damaged than I could even understand, right? Second, second part was I was inflicting that damage on myself because I submitted to him. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Then verse 14, he reiterates it. I am the good shepherd. Yeah, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. That is incredible. Like, have you guys ever just kind of taken a step back and said, wow, I'm such a freaking spoiled brat for having this word? You know, I am so spoiled that I can just grab this and read this and know it is truth. You know, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. Wow. Isn't that cool? He's comparing our relationship to Jesus to his relationship with God the Father. Yeah. And that we have that capacity. And that I have the privilege of knowing his voice and he knows me. Mm -hmm. 
right? That is just something that makes me want to yell in tongues at the top of my mouth, right? It just makes me want to explode with praise, explode with worship. Because I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Wow, thank you, Lord. Right? And he's, at that, up until this point, he's talking about the sheep that know his voice. And then he shifts. He shifts here and says in verse 16, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Do you hear that? I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must also bring them. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Are you seeing this beautiful painting that's right in front of your eyes tonight? Yeah. Not only do not only am I a spoiled brat because I know his voice, right? But he doesn't just stop with me because, one, there's no partiality in the kingdom, and he doesn't show favoritism to the people that do. But he actually says, no, there's other people that are not a part of this fold that you're in. And guess what? I'm coming for them too. Guess what? This shepherd not only can protect the sheep in that fold, but he can protect the sheep in any other fold, and he can protect the sheep that didn't get into the fold fast enough. So this is pointing out two things. And what it leads me to believe is that there are other sheep that are not of this fold. What does this mean? That they went to a different fold, a different sheep fold, okay? But that does not mean that he that those sheep are out of the grips of that shepherd of the good shepherd, right? Yeah. This is crazy. In the natural, we only understand that, okay, there's a sheepfold and then there's a shepherd that comes behind it. But what about the other fold? Right? Because that's our natural. Because the other folds are empty because there's only one shepherd. Right? And that's good because that's a very myopic way of thinking and it's a very flock way of thinking and it's a very sheep way of thinking is saying, well, I'm in the fold and my shepherd is at the door. Right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus is saying there's not, hey, I'm glad that you're in this fold because I'm here. But there's other sheep in other folds, and I'm there too. Just shows how vast Jesus Christ is. That not only is he posted up on my sheepfold, right? I say it loosely, the sheepfold that I'm in, but he also is at other sheepfolds posted up. Yeah. Isn't this cool? I love this. I love, I love, I love this. But then there's this other part of this. It's like, well, maybe they're not in a fold at all. Maybe they're just still trying to figure out where they run. They're trying to find somewhere to go hide because there's weather coming and the predators coming and whatever is coming. And then Jesus is also saying to them, nope. I'm still coming for you. Not only am I protecting these sheepfolds, but I'm also going to lead you in. 
I'm also going to woo you in by the, by the love and tenderness of my voice. This is cool, huh? And then he says, so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. Right? One flock, one shepherd. What's this speaking to? The unity of Christ. The unity of Christ towards the body of Christ. Right? Yeah. There will be one flock. Right? There can be a huge, big old flock. And there can be a ton of sheepfolds all posted up so that there's enough space for them all to go. Right? but there's only one shepherd. Yeah. All he cares about is the flock. He doesn't care about the folds. He loves the folds, but he really, really loves the flock. That's why there's only going to be one flock. This makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Then verse 17, it continues. For this reason, the father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. Let me read that again. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And then verse 18, let me just finish here. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. All right, this is cool. We're spoiled. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it back up again. Anybody want to take a shot at what this means? This means nobody can kill Jesus without his consent. <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've heard all day. Nobody can kill Jesus without his consent. Okay? This is talking about Jesus' death and resurrection as part of God's profound plan for salvation of the world. Are you getting this? Yeah. I may lay down my life, and then I control when I take it back up again. Mm. This is Jesus stating that, yes, he is Lord of all, but he's also <laughs> a full part of God's control. No one could kill Jesus without his consent. Yeah. That's huge. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Still with me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, we're almost there. How are we doing? For a 22? Good. Okay. 
Verse 19. And there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Of course, right? Verse 20. Many of them said, dang it, golly. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Uh-oh. Right? Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why would you listen to him? And then others said, these are not the words of the one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So we see the two polar opposites here, right? What do you think is, uh, what's, what do you think is going on here? He has a demon and is insane. Why what? Listen to him? <laughs> Isn't it interesting that, you know, they're saying that they're sheep. Right? These Jews, these Pharisees, these Sadducees were saying that they were sheep, correct? They thought they were the sheepiest of the sheeps, right? Yeah. Sheepy of the sheeps, right? And and then all of a sudden, this Jesus comes along and says, no, I am the good shepherd and you're going to know my voice. So isn't it fascinating that they say, why would you listen to him? Meaning that they hear his voice. So it's crazy that somebody could hear the voice of the Lord and still say no. And still say, nope, that's a demon. Yeah. Whoa, how many times have I done that without knowing? Hmm. He said, no, that's a demon. That's insane. Why would you listen to him? Isn't that wild? Yeah. They heard him. But they said, nope, that's demonic. That's of the enemy. That doesn't line up with what I think of Jesus. That doesn't line up with how he should sound and how, how it should look like and how, uh, how he should smell. All of these things, it doesn't line up. Yeah. And others said, these are not the words of the one who is oppressed by a demon. <laughs> right? We see the other side. Who is actually looking at all of the physical things that Jesus has done. Can a demon open the eyes of a blind? No. Right? All of these things. It, it's really, really interesting. One side sees, or sees him, right? sees him open the eyes of the blind and the other side hears him but calls him a demon. But what I guess I'm trying to portray here is we walk this thin, thin line. How do I be obedient to his voice and submit to the things that he does? Right? How do I be obedient to his voice, but also submit to the things that he does? Right? Is it just because, oh, well, a demon wouldn't open the eyes of the blind. Right? A demon makes people blind. But even the angels of darkness disguise themselves as angels of light. And even 
wolves dress up as sheep. So we we walk this fine line. How do how do we protect ourselves? Knowing his voice. Knowing his voice. Period. You will always know what is true and what is false if you know his voice. Right? How do you know his voice? Well, there's a lot of pages that uh, hold his voice. Right? Yeah. That's a really, really good way of it. And if you have 10 minutes to pray, spend eight minutes of that worshiping and two minutes praying. You hear me? Mm-hmm. If you've got 10 minutes to pray, spend eight of it worshiping, two minutes praying. That's how you learn his voice. fascinating it's served on a silver platter i don't know why we struggle with it so much <laughs> yeah turn to john 14 verse 6 and we'll close with this If Jesus had been merely a man, his claims to be God would have proven him insane. Right? But his miracles proved his words. It proved his words true and he really is God. The Jewish leaders could not see beyond their prejudices and their perspectives and their preconceived notions and they looked at Jesus from a human perspective, right? Yeah. And Jesus confined into this little little box, right? But Jesus was not limited by their restricted vision. You guys ever thought of that that man, I sometimes I wish that Jesus was <laughs> limited in into what I could understand. And what I could perceive with my own eyes and my perspective on life, you know, that's no God that you want, though. No. Let's close with this. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but through me. I know we've heard that a thousand times, but have we actually really, really understood what it meant? He's the way. He's the one who's leading us out. He's the one who's sending us. He's the truth. He's the one that we submit to by his voice. Yes? And he's the life. Yeah. Not in just the sense of our, of our you know, resurrection and life kind of thing, but in the, in the sense of he's the one protecting my sheepfold. He's the shepherd standing in the gap. Right? Do you understand that? He's the way because he's leading me out. He goes before me. He's, he's the truth. Why? Because everything that he says never returns void, and I'm led by his voice. And I, as a sheep, understand my shepherd's voice. Yes? And he's the life because yeah. he's standing in the gap. 
He is the good shepherd. A good shepherd only cares about the life of the sheep. Right? Yep. Yes? A good shepherd only cares about the life of a sheep, of his sheep, of his flock. Why? Because there's only one flock and there's only one shepherd. Mm -hmm. I guess my challenge for you tonight is, what are you calling a shepherd over your own life? Or maybe who are you calling a shepherd over your own life? And are you a part of the one flock? No one can come to the Father except through me. I can't crawl through a window in the sheepfold. Or else I'm a, I'm a robber and a thief. I can't dig a different door in a cave. Or else I'm a robber and a thief. I can't make a different gate in the fenced-in. In the, in the wall that surrounds the sheepfold. I can't make a separate gate. There's only one. Only one shepherd, only one door, only one gate. Yes. I believe that if we grasp onto this truth tonight, we will understand what the Lord is calling in, calling us into every single day of our lives. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, he's the one leading us out and guiding us out. He's the one. And sometimes it looks sometimes it looks like Peter, you know, where he's guiding you out of prison. Meanwhile, everybody else doesn't maybe see you and you're just kind of being <laughs> shuffled through prison by the Holy Ghost, right? I mean, wow, okay. It doesn't make sense, but I know my shepherd's voice and I, I trust. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. oh. So, Lord, thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you for being the one and only shepherd. And Lord, as your sheep, I pray that we would understand your voice and understand that you have our best interest. Lord, I pray that we would grasp onto this truth tonight, latch onto it tonight, and have complete trust in it tonight. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.